Welcome to 500 Seconds to Joy. It is episode 121 and I am talking with Franny today from Shine with Franny. Franny is an incredible, incredible woman and she is launching her own podcast. I will put all those links in the show notes. I'm so excited for her new podcast. Super, super excited and proud of her. She's just a light in this world and so Shine with Franny is just perfect she totally, totally shines and she helps other people shine. So she gets people booked on podcasts and helps them get their message out there. You need to work with her. I will put all the info in the show notes so you can learn more about her. And in today's episode, she's talking with us about joyful transitions and she's been through a lot in her life. So she can speak really, really powerfully to this topic about transitions and who hasn't gone through a huge transition this last year. 2020 has been one big transition. And I love that Franny talks about having a mindset switch and from fear of the unknown to excitement for the unknown, excitement of the unknown. And I love that she said this, this is not happening to me. It's happening for me. You are going to be so encouraged by what Franny shares today. And don't forget to check out all the goodies she has on her website. It's all in the show notes. And without further ado, here is my conversation with the lovely Franny. Welcome to the podcast, Franny. Super happy to have you today. Hi, Stephanie. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you so much. Yes. So everybody, this is Franny. Oh my goodness. I can't say enough amazing things about this lovely, lovely woman of faith. And I'm going to have you introduce yourself because I'm not going to do you justice. She is a powerhouse. I'm so excited (laughs) you're getting to hear from her. And she, if you're a podcaster or you want to be a podcaster, listen up. She's your gal. Um, So can you start by sharing how you help solopreneurs to shine? Because your companies shine with Franny and it's so true. You, you definitely help people shine. Well, thank you so much. I love reflecting other people's lights and that's what we're here to do after all, right? Like, first of all, we reflect the light of the Lord and then of course we have that light inside of each other. So then we just shine, you know, our hearts then radiate when we see other people Mm -hmm. shining. And really that's what it comes down to Steph. You know, I'll be very honest. And I think that your audience would appreciate this, that, you know, I wasn't always like that. You know, I am an Enneagram seven and I very much like to be the center of attention and And from a lot of my childhood background, that was really the way that I lived a lot of my life. There's a a quote that says, I came here to live out loud. And that was me for a long time. And then the Lord has totally, (laughs) one layer at a time, like an onion, he has totally just peeled it back and was like, this is not about you. Mm -hmm. And through, you know, Ann Voskamp says that it's a cruciform, right? Like we get cruciformed and the Lord has just really just brought, um, such a piece around edifying others and encouraging others being Enneagram seven. I want to encourage others and cheer people on, um, without pom-poms and our little, you know, Jojo bow, but I love, (laughs) love, love being able to just share how other people are making, you know, an extraordinary impact, you know, and doing great things for the kingdom or in their communities and, you know, in their respective workplaces or wherever it is, um, because that's what we're here to do. So I love being able to do that. So, I help people, I guess, I'm so sorry, I kind of went back to like, what was the question? <laughs> um, so I help people get booked on podcasts because I don't know, and I'm sure Steph, you can relate. You are a mom, you are a wife, you are a busy, busy bee with your podcast and everything. 
it takes time. You know, there's an art and a science to pitching mm-hmm. and having all the materials and sending the invites. And do you have your headshot? And they need the bio to be less than a hundred words. And all of those things, I take care of that for someone so that they can go and share their story and do what lights them up and share their story with the world. Yes. I love that. Yeah. And you really do shine the light of others and you shine the light of Jesus, which I feel like that joy comes through. And as a fellow Enneagram seven, I can totally relate to everything you're saying here. Um, And I'm really excited because we're going to talk about joy, which is um, one of my favorite topics, hence 500 seconds to joy. Um, I love thinking about how we can find joy in all seasons. I love thinking about how God's the joy giver and, you know, just this gift of the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to talk about finding joy amidst transition. And 2020 has been one big transition for everybody, (laughs) right? I mean, it's just been quite a year. And yet we're called to find peace and joy amidst this just really hard life circumstance. And so you've had a recent transition yourself this year. And, you know, what can you share about that and just kind of what God's taught you through it so that you can encourage the listeners with whatever transition they have? So maybe their transition was schooling kids from home. Maybe their transition was um, losing a job and Mm -hmm. having to file for unemployment. Maybe their transition was having to move. I mean, there's so many different transitions and even just staying home more during COVID has been a huge transition for me personally and a lot of moms and just not being able to have the same kind of play dates and activities. So there's just a lot of change this year. And, Mm -hmm. and what can you share about your own personal change and transition and how you've, how have you found joy in that? How have you found the light in all of that? Well, I think you posed so many great questions. And first, I just want to share, I'm not a mom, but I just want to share some empathy, <laughs> perhaps <laughs> with more sympathy, not being a mom, but with all the moms and, you know, just parents who are adjusting to a lot of these, you know, new transitions for their children. It's got to be a challenge because like you mentioned, play dates are not the same. You can't even get out of the house to have a little bit of alone time, you know, right. um, your kids are always right there with you. So um, for me, I had lost my job in February before COVID. And at that time I was thinking to myself, okay, I, you know, I'm 44. Well now 45 as, as of this past week. And so I thought I'm going to travel. You know, I love traveling. I'm not married, no children. I was like, I'm just going to go ahead and travel. My lease was up the next month at my apartment in Florida. And I thought, well, I'm not going to renew because I don't need to be here. My job's not here anymore. And so I started making plans stuff and I was going to Bali and I was going to Malaysia and I was, I mean, everywhere. I mean, you could get an Airbnb in Bali for $400 for the month. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's going to be amazing. So as we all know, (laughs) you know, mid-March hit and I was like, you know, the the rug got pulled out from underneath me and I thought, Mm -hmm. now what, you know? And the day that I got let go, February 10th was my last day. And prior to that, the week prior I was sitting on a flight for my last work trip and I was headed to New Orleans and I thought, gosh, what am I going to do? You know, I've got one week left and I've got a severance coming up and what am I going to do? And I literally sat down on that airplane that day and I wrote out a book because I've been through so many transitions in life, Stephanie, 
you know, I was engaged. I was broken up. My house was taken with the tornado when I was in fourth grade. Um, I was homeless at 27. I mean, there've been so many things. And so I, I sat there and I thought, okay, what's next? And I thought to myself, I can see this as completely struck by fear, or I can see this as completely struck by excitement. And I really just was praying about it. And the Lord was like, you know, go into the world and make disciples of all among, among all nations. Now, we also know you could do that in your own neighborhood, you know, go across the street, knock on someone's door and bring them a meal. But I also think to myself, there are so many opportunities to, to be a light, you know, where you are. And so I thought, okay, what am I going to do? So fast forward, I went ahead and I made plans. I was going to, because of COVID, I couldn't find a place to stay right away. They weren't doing tours and people weren't renting. I mean, it was just really, really hard times. And so I have now been displaced since April, um, again, yet again, um, not, I don't have an apartment yet, officially a permanent address. And that's because I have a really, really exciting opportunity that's possibly waiting for me in November. And so with that being said, I didn't want to plant my roots anywhere. So it's kind of been fun because I've been Airbnb all around the country. Wow. <laughs> so for the last month, or last, excuse me, several months, I have been Airbnb and I just thought, well, this is kind of interesting. So anyways, when I lost my job, then I wrote this little book and I thought, okay, I've been through all these transitions. How can I help people with this, you know, experience that I've, with all these experiences that I've had. And so I came up with this little book and it says from your fire to that girl's on fire. And mm -hmm. so I have literally implemented every single one of those, everything from finding mentors, you know, all the way to setting goals for yourself. And I have, you know, acronyms for those. And just, I have a lot of different things that I've really distilled, like, in all the transitions in my life, what has helped me get through? And those have certainly come, you know, to fruition right now. The number one thing though in there, and I mentioned it, it is a secular book, but I mentioned it several references is just God, you know, trusting God in all of this. And with that being said, I said to the Lord, you know, back in March when my lease was up, okay, Lord, like I, I can't rent a place. And Stephanie, from my lips to God's ears, he provided a place for three months until July 3rd, I was in a condo rent-free in Naples, Florida. Fully, completely. I mean, just the Lord has just opened up just so many doors. I had sold all my stuff thinking I was going to move my, you know, four-bedroom condo on the water in, in Florida. I was like, okay, I'm gone and just sold everything. And uh, the Lord just opened that up and opened that up. And then since July, then I've, like I said, been kind of floating around and just staying where I want and kind of figuring out what's next. So I have seen what's next um, as excitement versus fear. And, you know, the, the thing that it taught me, I think you had asked that question, like, what was the number one thing that it taught you? One is just most importantly, the trust and reliance upon the Lord. Like mm -hmm. he has not let me go. Like it has been hard. And there are times where I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to go get new un clean underwear in my back of my car. <laughs> and then, you know, but, you know, and I mean, of course I, you know, go into my Airbnb and, you know, figure that all out. But you know, it's, it's been humbling in a lot of ways, but God's mm -hmm. taught me, taught me too my definition of success and my definition of what I, what I thought my life would look like. I never thought at 24 that my life at 44, 45 would be here, but I would not give up one bit of this because the way the Lord has provided and the way the Lord has revealed himself and shown himself to me in such big ways. Had I not had the adversity, I don't think I would have experienced it or at least um, sought him as closely as I did. Isn't that so true? I agree that in those hardest moments, you know, you see God all the more clearly. 
it draws you toward him because sometimes you don't have anything else to cling to. Right. That's what I've learned. Um, and then, you know, how, how do you feel joyful or how do you find the good when you feel like this is so hard, God, what do I do? Do, Is it a mindset thing? Do you, do you write, you say affirmations? What kind of things do you do in your daily life to kind of help you, um, stay positive, stay hopeful, stay joyful, stay connected to God. Keep saying, okay, I trust you, even though I don't know what's happening next. Yeah. And actually, (laughs) I don't know if you know, pastor John Gray, but he is one of my favorites and I just, I find him hysterical. And he always says, you know, all you have to say is Jesus, 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 Jesus. And he's, you know, this big guy and he just has the funniest way of saying it, but some days that is all I can muster stuff is like, help me, Jesus, help me, Jesus, whether it be a difficult conversation I'm going to have or like, okay, where am I going now? You know, Mm -hmm. but for the most point, like for the most part, you know, as you mentioned, our personalities, there's the nature of who we are. I'm naturally an excitable person, naturally a positive person. Um, you know, I, I try to find the good in circumstances. Oh my gosh, it's raining. That means there's going to be a rainbow, you know, like I get excited about that. Like I'm going to look for it. You know, I'm looking for that silver lining, if you will. And so I I think that it's a lot of it is your personality. Um, but most of it is, is it's a training, you know, you have to, I don't know if you know, Caroline Leaf, but she's a, um, yes, she's a genius. Yes. She's so great. Yes, yes. But you know, she talks about how you can rewire your brain within four days. Mm-hmm. Like literally the plasticity mm-hmm. of your brain can be rewired. And I think to myself, you know, I've been through a lot of adversity in my life and I've had to say, um, you know, this too shall pass. Like this is not happening to me. This is happening for me. What can I learn? How can I experience God in new ways? Who can I look to help? You know, I know Mr. Rogers, his mom used to always say, in a crisis, look for the helpers. And so I want to be one of those people who is helping somebody. That's the reason why I wrote that book was like, you know, I'm going through this challenging time of losing my job before I even knew what was going to happen. It was a little bit of foreshadowing with COVID. Um, But with that being said, you know, I just find opportunities to help other people and to serve. And I think too, you mentioned the word mindset, you know, so much of it is about reframing you know, okay, this is happening. Now what, you know, this is happening. And I oftentimes think years ago, I listened to a sermon, I can't remember by whom, but he said, you know, asking yourself, what's the worst thing that could happen here? Like, mm-hmm. what is the absolute worst thing? Like the worst mm-hmm. thing that could happen to me right now is that I would move home and live with my mom at 45. <laughs> like, yeah. Not ideal, but is that the worst thing that's going to happen to me? Maybe like, but is that really the worst thing that ever could happen in life? Like, right. I don't really think so, you know, so really kind of reframing a lot of the way that I see things um, through that lens has definitely helped me to, you know, keep, you know, a positive attitude and keep finding joy. I really like that. Yeah, I, I like asking questions. I think that's really good advice because I I try to do that, too. I think because I'm naturally positive and optimistic as well, I sort of go toward that side and my husband is more of kind of a realist pessimist, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and he would admit that freely. <laughs> right, right. And so You're not throwing him out of the bus. <laughs> no, no, he knows. And yeah. we, we know ourselves and it's a good compliment for each other. Um, and it's interesting. We, you know, talked about at the beginning of COVID, like what was going to happen. And there are so many unknowns and 
we kind of went down that path too of asking these questions of, well, what's the worst that's going to happen or what's the worst that could happen and what are we going to do if we get there? And I think I've heard, I think I heard a podcast about this from a life coach who talks about mindset a lot where when you ask those questions and you start going there, it's not a fear thing anymore because your mind has a solution. Like you can get some sort of solution from it. Like you said, you know, if you had to move home and be with your mom, is that the worst thing that would happen to you in life? No. Right. Um, If we had to move in with my parents because my husband was out of work, would that be the worst thing ever? No, it would be hard, but it wouldn't be the worst thing in life. So I think asking those questions and um, yeah, just the, the mindset work and the, the hard work of asking yourself questions and really going there and, and looking at things. I wrote this down. This is not happening to me. It's happening for me. And looking yeah. at things in that light, that's just such a good perspective shift. And I think those mindset shifts, those perspective shifts are what take us from, you know, just soaked in despair or feeling down and depressed and, um, and then really finding the hope in life, finding the joy and I think dwelling on the good. Um, so yeah, I love everything you've shared and what is something, so something that you can encourage someone who is feeling like this transition is too hard for any, this is just too hard. I can't do it. I feel lost. I feel confused. How can I get my joy back? How can I get that excitement? I want it, but I just don't feel it. Um, Mm -hmm. So what would you say to that person? And maybe a verse or something that they could cling to. Yeah, for sure. And you're right. It is a conscious thing that we have to constantly remind ourselves. You know, one of the first things that I always think about is how, how does this I don't want to say compare, but how is this in the light of what Jesus, what happened with Jesus? Like, Mm -hmm. where does this even compare? And I think to myself, okay, this is nothing, you know? And I know that that's sometimes not comforting because it doesn't feel like he's right here with you, but he is, you know? And he tells us, I've given you, you know, there's, um, it says that we have strength. Like, I don't wake up in the morning and say, Lord, I pray for strength because it says in the Bible, he has already given me strength. And so mm-hmm. I say like, Lord, I claim your strength, right? Zechariah 4, 6 says, it is not by my power, but by my spirit, right? Or not by my spirit, but my, it's not by my power, but my spirit. And I use mm-hmm. that a lot because his spirit indwells in us. And when we cling to that and we recognize like, you know, I have a weight loss story, you know, I've lost over 125 pounds. And with that being said, like there are so many times wow. my willpower failed me over and over and over again. I was not strong enough for the king size snicker at the checkout. (laughs) Like it was just Mm. not happening, you know, or the pint of Ben and Jerry's like my willpower failed me time and time again. And so the same thing, you know, if someone is having a a challenging time now, I of course understand that there are chemical, you know, imbalances oftentimes or things that, you know, need support. And that was going to be one of the things I was going to say too, is first of all, I go to God, like, Lord, you know, what is it that you're working in me? And you had mentioned something with questions, um, Steph, that I think is so important. You know, one, being a former teacher, asking the right kinds of questions, right? Mm-hmm. And um, Jesus, every single time he was, the Pharisees asked him something, first thing he did was ask a question back. 
right? He was yep. like the very first apologist. And so they were like, mm-hmm. hey, what's wrong with this woman? You know? And he was like, well, which one of you is without, you know, without sin? Cast the first stone. Like he always asks a question back. So it's okay that yeah. we ask questions to God and we put our hands in the air and say, why God? It's okay. Like that's how you create intimacy is when you ask questions, right? But here's the yeah. most important part is to be in silence and allow him to answer. And so I have found that we, in our day and age, we are so busy. We're so caught up. We just get so overwhelmed with media and images and everything. We don't take time for silence. So I think that that would be one of the suggestions I would have to someone, you know, go to God, you know, is first, of course, and get clear with that. And then just practice being silent, practice being quiet. You know, there's a great um, elevation song called Quiet. And I would certainly encourage people in your quiet time to listen to that song, but it's just mm. such a beautiful song. And it reminds us of the stillness, you know, and how the Lord will be there. He will be your strength. He will be your mighty tower. He will be your strong fortress. He will be your rock. And really just aligning your thoughts with what God's words say. You know, I, I, I work with a lot of people and I remind them, it's just like a light bulb. You cannot take and replace that light, or excuse me, you cannot take and repair that light bulb. You have to replace it. You have to go in and literally remove it. And so that's what you have to do with that thought. When it comes to mind, you have to say like, where is this coming from? You know, this is not of this is not of God. If it's causing my heart to beat extra fast, or if it's causing me to stay inside three days without showering, that's not what the Lord says. You know, who told you that, right? That we go back to the garden of Eden. God comes out and he says to, you know, I'm Adam and Eve. Like, well, who told you that? Who told you that you were ashamed? Right. That's not truth. You know, so we have to go back and align it with God's playbook, if you will. I so agree. Yeah. I love everything you're saying. I didn't realize we talk so much about mindset and I love this so much. (laughs) I am obsessed with like taking a thought and putting it under the light. And, um, I did some life coaching recently with um, some mindset coaches Mm -hmm. and it's so true that you have to put it under the light. And I love that, you know, shine with Franny. And I feel like your whole brand is about light and bringing light to the world, bringing light to, um, the darkness and, and, you know, helping this broken world. And I feel like, can we just close with sharing a little bit more about, um, how you help people get booked on podcasts and, you know, how you help these overwhelmed solopreneurs, um, to shine their light. Because I talk about this a lot where podcasting is a way to spread the gospel message. Podcasting is a way to bring light to the darkness. Um, I fully believe that. And I feel like you do too. And so can you just close by sharing, you know, where people can find you and learn more about with you, about what you do, work with you um, and then get that free, that free resource that you have that I believe is just right on your website, right? Yeah. They can actually go and download how to write the perfect pitch, you know, because it's, it's an art and a science, right? Mm -hmm. And so, but I'll start with saying that I think that so often, especially as women, um, and if there are men listening to this, I apologize if this is offensive, but I feel like we oftentimes cow down and we say like, oh, you know, why does my story matter? Well, your story does matter. And, you know, if we look to Revelation 12, 11, it says it is by the blood of the lamb and the power of their testimony. And it is so important for you to share your story. And if you sit there and you think, oh, my story doesn't matter. Well, that's not true. 
we know that we learn best through stories, right? As a former teacher, you have to try to create a story. And if I told you, you know, think of a pink pig flying right now, like you can all visualize what that looks like, right? Because mm -hmm. words have meaning, words have power. So your words and your story have power. And you mentioned something, Stephanie, that is, is so powerful that it is through our stories that we are, you know, advancing the kingdom. And oftentimes I'll start working with someone, you know, there's a whole series of things that happen. We do this hour long discovery call. I pretty much learn your brand because if I'm pitching on your behalf, I have to know what are some titles that you might talk about or buzzwords, or what are some of your past experiences that would be able, you know, that I can weave into a pitch that would be able to resonate with a very specific niche audience. And so with that being said, I really try to dial into that story element, you know, and really try to figure out who, who you are beyond just what your logo is, you know, or beyond just what it says on your website, you know, who, who is the essence of who you are? And a lot of times people will say, well, I don't want to promote myself. And it's hard to put yourself out there. Like when you're pitching for yourself, it's like, look how awesome I am. You should really have right. that on your podcast, yes. you know? But yes. if I come in and it tells us in Proverbs, it says, you know, don't let your own words speak about yourself. Let someone else do it for you. It tells us in Proverbs 18. And so when we think about that, like I can get on and be like, oh my gosh, you guys have got to like hear my friend, Stephanie. She's amazing. She is so wonderful. She's got to listen to her podcast. Like if you were to come on and do that, especially as women, we're catty. We're going to be like, mm, who does she think she is? You know what I mean? But I tell a lot of women or, you know, just a lot of clients I work with, you have to stop seeing this as self-promotion and start looking at this as kingdom advancement. And when you do, like you just mentioned stuff, when you look and see that there is a bigger why, that there's a bigger picture, that there's a bigger reason, like you have no right not to share your story. You've got to stop playing small because that's where the enemy wants to keep you. And so people can go onto my website. They can follow me. You know, just, I get lots, I give lots of free value. You know, I tell how to go about pitching. I talk about, you know, the audience sizes and how you find your niche and all of that. So on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. And then of course they can go to shinewithfranny.com and pick up that freebie that you talked about to write themselves the perfect pitch. Perfect. Thank you, Franny. I will link everything in the show notes, everybody, because you're awesome. going to want to check out Franny's website and make sure you connect with her and learn more from her. She just has so much goodness and you'll want to go look at that beautiful picture of her on her website. <laughs> Thanks for <laughs> well, being thank here, you. Franny. This thank was so you. fun. Thanks so much for having me to Thank you so much for listening to 500 Seconds to Joy. I'm so grateful to have you here as a part of this community. And if you love listening to these episodes as much as I love sharing them with you, hit subscribe on your podcast app. And if you're an Android user, you can download the Stitcher app and subscribe there. That way you know every time a new episode goes live. Thanks for being here, friend. Bye for now.